0: You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 830 or 1045. Find out more at org. Good morning. You know, we're going to be reading today and talking through the scriptures out of 1 Peter, uh, verses 2 through 10. Now, I am going to read from the message this morning, Uh, uh more contemporary uh, translation, if you will, of the words. And and I'm doing that because many of the words as I read through this particular version just sounded somewhat like my mother. And so, happy Mother's Day to you. You know, 1 Peter is a book, a really a compelling letter of hope. And in chapter 1, I, I'm going to back you up just a little bit, because in chapter 1, I want you to understand why we would even begin chapter 2 the way that we will this morning. And he, in 1 Peter, they're telling us in the, in the first chapter about the capacity of God's living word to serve as a medium for communicating God's transforming presence. And so Peter was saying that the Lord's word endures forever, words proclaimed to you as good news. And then he goes on into chapter two. And in the translation of the message, I'm going to begin with chapter one, with verse one, because they, he kind of condenses them a little bit. And so, uh, so he says, This is the word that conceived new life in you. He says, So clean house. Make a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness that you'll grow up mature and whole in God. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workman took one look and threw it out. God set it in a place of honor. Present yourself as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. The scriptures provide precedence. And now Peter goes back into the scriptures from Isaiah. He says, look, I am setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in that stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of, but to those who refuse to trust him, the stone the workman threw out is now the chief foundation stone and sometimes it's called the capstone, can't go any further kind of thing. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder blocking the way and then they'll trip, they'll fall because they refuse to obey just because, just as it was predicted. Then he says, but, and I love when those contractions come in because that's usually the crux of it. That's when you can lean in and know that this is probably the, how he sums it all up. He says, but, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. And other versions say, once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So happy Mother's Day. Uh, as it has been said, I'm thrilled to be able to be here with you today to celebrate this day as we look through the lens of 1 Peter together and consider perhaps another opportunity, if you will, to remember Easter Sunday. We, we really are still in Eastertide. It's fifth Sunday after Easter, and I know that probably the last petal has fallen off of your lily, and maybe you have already tucked your hallelujah in a drawer, maybe for next year. But... There's no better day to me than today on this Mother's Day to remember the unselfish act of love of God offered to us on that Easter Sunday. Today, we're reminded of that cornerstone or the cornerstones, if you will, in our life as we walk through these scriptures. Now, a cornerstone, it's not just a a stone set at the corner of two intersecting uh, walls as it kind of implies, but it is actually a prepared stone, a chosen stone, because of its exact 90 degree angle. And as such, it's the basis for the construction of really the whole building. Choosing the right corner is basic, not only to the aesthetics of the building, but it's also to the stability and the longevity of the building. Now, I'm a rock person, just so you know, little tidbit about me, I particularly look for them and seem to collect them on my journeys. I have a lot of a bowl with a lot of heart shaped rocks. Sometimes you have to look at them a little bit hard to understand that they're actually a heart, but I do have them. Uh, they're endearing to many, much of my travel. Uh, when I go to the beach, whether it's in Michigan or whether it's on uh, maybe Florida hiking, I traveled to Israel. I actually, these are not heart shaped stones, but I have five rocks from the Valley of Eli where David slayed Goliath. I went to the Wesley Center when I was discerning my call. And as I was walking down some of the paths that they have there, I was considering my call into ministry. And I found a heart-shaped stone right there on that path. So these stones that I collect and carry home with me, they tell stories to me. It's like as if I'm walking and I kind of get a nod from God in that place to say, you are here and I am here with you. And so you know, there's a lot of references to stones, uh, scattered stones throughout the Bible. There's that stone that Jacob used for a pillow on his journey um, away from home. There's those stones uh, carried from the Jordan River where the homeless former slaves had finally reached their promised land. There's that stone uh, called to be a reminder of the prophet's promise before God in Joshua 24. This stone, it says, will be a witness against us for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Was the stone somehow living? Maybe that's the attraction. Uh, They are somehow alive. When you see them, somehow there is a truth that's spoken to you, uh, the story behind that stone that came to live in your bowl at home. You know, in 1 Peter um, it's a letter written to encourage those believers back then that were scattered all around to the world to persevere in their suffering. And this uh, portion of 1 Peter is probably some of the most familiar to us in the wonderful images of living stones and a strong affirmation to people who have or may feel abandoned or alone. The words uh, would have been especially encouraging to the residents of the aliens in Peter's time dispersed from their homelands, Peter encourages them to remember, now you are a people. Well, you know, I dare say uh, we're scattered. Uh, To say that we're in extraordinarily hard times is really just a profound understatement. In that time, Peter's people, that God's people needed a pep talk. And I think maybe today, we need a pep talk and you know those pep talks that you would get from your mom or your that person in your life and I remember so well you know sometimes I you know we I'd go to moms just because you could just not even have conversation you could just the pep talk was really no words at all it was just sitting or leaning and you know maybe laying a head on the lap Uh, that's a little bit softer than that rock that we talked about but nonetheless it's a rock And knowing that there's just a steady hand on your shoulder, just there. And words were good, but sometimes no words were necessary. But, you know, this is my first Mother's Day without my mom. And, you know, my brother was in, my oldest brother was in this last weekend, and we had some good conversations reminding each of us about that strong and steady rock that she was for us, for me and my four siblings. She was a tower of strength in her little five foot one stature, 120 pounds. And she was always available for a pep talk and to cheer us on in our lives. And even when she knew that, well, retrospectively, we probably knew too that we'd really just stepped outside of ourselves or just lost our minds. You know, we had, we, and as we were growing up, we had lots of houses as we were growing up. We didn't live in the same house, probably for more than four to five years. But we did know this, and it's, it's a cliche, but it's, but it's very true to me. And maybe it's true to your life too, that um, home is where the heart is. Uh, Home is not necessarily that wood, bricks, and mortar, but it is the love in the heart of it. It's that solid, that true love really is as solid as a stone. Love is the heart of the stone, and that offers stability, and it offers longevity in your life. You know, Peter in these verses draws from the Old Testament that wisdom used by the authors in Jesus' day to be able to communicate clearly to them so that as their ears heard it, it would be familiar words to them that had deep-rooted meaning. It's no less true today or or relevant today. Um, As he talked through those words that he pulled back from Isaiah... I'm just going to read them to you again. He said, look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. There's translations that, that say, and this is Isaiah 28:16. There's translations that, that call it a precious cornerstone. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, he's the stone the workman threw out. Well, that is now their chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder to block their way, to trip them, and they will fall because they just refuse to obey. You know, that word um, precious, that precious cornerstone, it's an adjective added that makes us think of those precious things in our lives. I'm wearing a piece of my mother's jewelry this morning. It's precious to me. It tells a story of my mom and her life. My rocks are precious to me. These are things that are dear, they're irreplaceable, and they have have meaning and depth and story to them. Precious is also a very southern expression, as you well know. You know, we we walk up to people and we're like, oh, and we see a new baby and we're like, oh, isn't she precious? And we'll we'll see. Well, you know, you know, this morning I was like, oh, Tracy, this that's so precious. This thing you have, you know, precious is a, now it's a big it's a big deal. By the way, guys, it's precious as a word, and not to be made fun of. My husband used to get into this crazy posture and throw his hands in odd ways. And he would say precious, but he just really was not using it in the proper southern sense. And so, you know, it is. So, Matt's saying amen. Uh, so, you know, speaking of southern expressions, you know, when I look at this particular set of scriptures, and it's kind of like you see it saying, you know, if you trust in me, things are going to go well for you. If you don't, if you don't it's not going to go so well. And so I'm reminded of that southern expression, and you know it. When mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. And, and, you know, and in our world, it's like if mama's not saying anything at all, then, you know, you are on a course of pure destruction. Don't make mom talk, you know. So, so, you know, I, I am blessed to have family and friends who lean into my life just as my mom did, offering words of encouragement and love. And as my mom grew older, which the consequence of that was, of course, that I grew older, too, her pep talks would just always lead us back to God. She would encourage us of the need to be in church, to study, to pray, and to allow yourself to mature in your faith. She did her first Bible study right here at Asbury Church. It's probably four three decades ago. I'm not even sure, but she did it with my, my middle sister, Teresa, and it was a disciple Bible study right here in these halls. Long ago, she began exampling to her family a life with God as the cornerstone of her life, she nourished herself, you know, with that spiritual milk that Peter is talking about. Peter said in his opening verses, he said, Like newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you're just going to grow in your salvation. And that just means you're going to mature in your faith. And since you've tasted that the Lord is good. You know, we've gathered so long in these, in these walls. And we're going to gather again. We're just, we're going to. But after Matt or, or Tim have consecrated those elements they invite you to come to the table and they're like, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when I think about that, who, who do, how can you not think of those smells and those meals, that those senses that bring back huge memories, you know, chicken and dumplings. Nobody makes them like my mom. That brisket that was always at every huge family gathering, her recipe, everybody loved it. It was a crowd pleaser. The, the platter was empty when the meal was over dressing at thanksgiving and christmas and then of course those black eyed peas and cornbread not not that sweet cornbread that's that's iron skillet you know made from scratch cornbread you know are you hungry now (laughs) you know uh, it's all reminders to me and probably to you of just unfailing love there's nothing like the love put into those meals right and so that steady presence uh that was in and of itself always there and that presence, that love in your life that was long before we understood the love of God in our lives. We understand the steadfast, ever-present, unconditional love of our mom. You know, perhaps this person is a, is a friend to you. Perhaps it's someone that just was grafted into your family. Someone perhaps you've grown up with or maybe it's your sibling or, you know, whoever that person is for you or those people. I, you know, I, I believe it takes a village to raise all of us. I, I have a village. Um, they were and are, well, they're your rock. You know, they're, they're, your, they're a living stone. These relationships are a prequel to the understanding of the love of God before perhaps you even understood the love of God in your heart. These relationships are the springboard to what will be instilled into your hearts when you do have an opportunity to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you do, this is when you begin to build your spiritual household upon the corner the cornerstone you know home uh, is that place where you just kind of know you belong I call it the um, the magnificent refrigerator presence and you know what I'm talking about The, the refrigerator where those pictures have hung for decades they no longer really look like you but they have a nice little layer of dust right on the top of them and they're still there it's the refrigerator where where you have those notes written that remind you of everything and the you know, the bed bath and beyond, twenty percent off coupons. We always <laughs> have to have that. and you know <laughs> you know, the pieces of paper that, that like they're torn and, and, and there's something written on the other side but it's turned over and reused and stuck up there with a the magnet. It's like Susan's phone number. This is a true story. My phone number emblazoned on this piece of paper. We don't waste any paper. In my, you know, we have the baggies over the, you know, the 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 faucet, you know, drying out, reusing them, but you know, it's when you go home, (laughs) it is a place where nothing is wasted, nothing of your past, nothing of your present, nothing of your future, because it is like Jesus. You can walk into that door without fear of judgment, without fear of condemnation. It's a place where you can just be safe. Unconditional love. You may have fallen a few times. Yes, I have. You may have stumbled. You may have hit a wall, but you can always find your way back over there. Someone to lean on. Someone to hold you up. A place to go. And I don't know. I'm a grandmother uh, to go get your Toy Story Band-Aid to make it all better. Okay. You know. And and I was I was reading some commentaries. I'm gonna conclude with this. I was reading some commentaries. And I came across just this really great story about a woman, her name is Dawn. She lives in New York. And she is she ministers to the homeless in New York. And she particularly was drawn and, and very convicted to recognize homeless and nameless homeless specifically that had been buried in a particular cemetery up there in New York. And she felt compelled to wish to put faces to some uh, some of our names to some of those those. Particular people, so she organized and pulled off a service that was led by some of the local homeless people. And at the close of the service, each person was invited to write the name of a homeless person on a purple Post-it note. A large sheet of uh, a large sheet was stretched between two candle stands in the. Uh, sanctuary in that particular chapel where they were and scattered all over the sheet was just kind of randomly written those anonymous names like John Doe and Jane Doe just kind of scattered all over the sheet and so she encouraged people to write a name on that purple square um, over and then just go up and place it on one of those anonymous names and one by one people began to come and so interesting the names just kind of kept falling off Uh, It's not easy to stick a post-it note onto a sheet that's spread between two candlesticks. So Dawn was undetoured. Uh, She went back again and again and again to pick up those fallen names. And finally, a student held his hands behind that sheet, kind of went behind her and, and just kind of pushed up against it so she could push on his hands and help those names to just adhere well to the sheet. She didn't sit down until every single name remained. And so it was then that everyone discovered that the anonymous names that seemed to have been printed in random on the sheet actually spelled out words, and the words are this. We are here. You know, we are here. And even though you may not meet our eyes, although you are a little bit better maybe today, you're a little closer today than typically you are out there, you know, in Facebook land, um, we may not meet our eyes and we may not be able to sit together in this beautiful and worship space, this close space. But maybe you're realizing more and more in a different way that it's really not about the building, the brick and mortar, um, the physical structure, although we love it. I, I love it. I love this space. But it's really about the heart of the stone, it's about being home and knowing that you are here and being affirmed that you are here. And I pray that you know that. Uh, Even more, exponentially more, I believe that God wants you to know that you are here. Valued, loved, acknowledged, and you are not alone. Once we were not a people, but now we are God's people as we continue to build our spiritual house together, together on the foundation of God's chosen cornerstone. Amen. Pray with me. Holy God, you are our strength and our Redeemer. We push into you and you stand firm, holding us up. And when we fall, no matter how often, you pick us up again and again and again. You walk with us and you assure us we are here. Thank you, God, for our mothers, these rocks the living stones in our lives, the cornerstones that you've given us in our lives here in this world, these who offer stability and strength for us. Thank you for the chosen cornerstone that you gave us through Jesus Christ. Amen.